Hello and welcome to The Haunted. I'm Freddie Young. And I'm Vanessa Mitchell. And we are steering off the normal path today and we are going to look into some myths, legends, folklore. Folklore, yeah. Folklore, maybe. But we are going to concentrate on a certain uh, branch of that and we're going to be looking at some Celtic mythology. And we're going to... Listen... I've already said you could do a whole podcast on just the topic of Celtic mythology. So I'm Which not we go- are doing a whole podcast on it. No, but a whole podcast episode. But you could yeah. do like Oh what, an entire an season. entire thing. So we we've picked a few of our favourite figures from that and some of the most famous figures. So hopefully when we go through this, you'll know most of these. Uh, or you've heard of them? Well, there's two that I've never heard of, so... Well, there you go. Well, OK. So we, we've got a bit of both for you, really, I A suppose. little bit of both. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a very, very brief whistle-stop tour of Celtic mythology. So it has links to um, the religion of the Iron Age Celts, and they maintained a polytheistic... A religious structure. Now, I just told you what that yep. word means. And it is the worship or belief in multiple deities, which are usually assembled into a pantheon oh. of gods and oh. goddesses. And each one, so each god and goddess has its own kind of... Uh, reasons. And they, um, there's certain purposes. rituals to each yeah. god and goddess. So, at the height of the Celtic community the maybe community is not the the right no, word that's not the i'm right trying word to make the right word the dawn of the celtic world it covered most of western and central europe but they weren't politically unified in any way and because of that there's no central source of knowledge or cultural influence of one one stream of belief yes yeah, so Although that their kind of religions and views are very similar, they do vary on um, location. So the the Irish are very different to the Scottish. You know, it has connection. You know, the Celts are in were in France. It's completely abolished there now. There's no real kind of record of of what yeah. they believe in there. But there, it's all very different and spread out. The Welsh, you know, even down in Cornwall way, they although are similar, are all very different. Yeah. So, the kind of, the Celtic Empire, or the Celtic people, fell when the the Roman Empire came in and did what they did best and just took away everything, um, which led to a lot of this stuff being lost. They didn't write things down. It was all storytelling and, you know, and you had to stories, go their but, way, didn't you? You yeah. had to go the Romans' way. You couldn't keep your heritage of stuff like that, I should imagine. Yeah. Uh, also, as well, the introduction of Christianity in a lot of these countries meant that a lot of these belief systems have really died down. So although I think there is something like around 300 different gods, goddesses, fairies, figures, or whatever in, in, in the Celtic mythology, but that is probably just a very, very small fraction. Yeah, that is, that, is what, that is what has survived. 
But a lot of these are kind of local um, or tribal gods. So certain clans and stuff had yeah. their own version of stuff. So it's there is a very rich history, but unfortunately a lot of that has been lost. Mm. So what we see today is probably just the tip of the iceberg. So what I'm going to start with, and this is a, it's a figure that pops up in most um, Celtic locations. So I know the Scottish have a version of, the Welsh have a, a version of, and down kind of Cornwall way, they have a version of, but it's the Banshee. Now, the reason I haven't included the, the names of the, the Scottish and the Welsh one is because I really struggled to pronounce them and I didn't want to murder it yeah, and, and... and make it awful. So we're going to start with the Banshee. And the Banshee is said to be a fairy and that her scream is believed to be an omen of death. The scream is a warning that there will be an imminent death in the family and... Over time, as Irish families families blended, it's said that each family had its own banshee. Yeah, that's the research I've done, and um, that each each family, yes, everyone, yeah, has has their own banshee. Yeah, yeah. So the banshee can come in many forms, and I think in each practice or not practice, and, and, and she's not necessarily evil. The banshee, they say, can be for good as well. Uh huh. So. She can be seen in, in various ways. So she's been seen as a kind of quite a beautiful woman wearing a shroud, yeah. as a pale older woman uh, in a white dress with long red hair, yeah. a woman with a long silver dress and silver hair, a headless woman carrying a bowl of blood and is naked from the waist up, Nice. an old woman with frightening red eyes, a green dress and long white hair, and an old woman with a veil covering her face, dressed in all black and long grey hair. But I suppose if each family had their own banshee, they would vary in mm -hmm. looks. I would, yeah, I would say so. Well, they obviously do. But they obviously do. Yeah. So historians have managed to trace the first stories of the banshee all the way back to the eighth century, and these it's based on the tradition of women who sang sorrowful songs to commemorate someone's death yeah and they were known as keeners and they accepted alcohol as payment so they were deemed by the community to be sinners and no good Pissheads. essentially <laughs> it makes sense. i'll do this for you but i need to be paid in booze i like it but i, they, like, the, I like the thinking <laughs> but they were they were deemed then to become banshees when they passed so according to the mythology of the banshee if she is spotted she will vanish into a cloud of mist and then this action when she disappears creates a noise that's similar to a, a big bird taking off so flapping and yeah and a bit of a commotion um i think it's important to just saying that, that that's interesting because what you've just read out there about the the keeners the women who would sing for the for the past over makes perfect sense why people would believe their spirits would become the same uh but called banshees yeah it's interesting mm -hmm. I, I didn't know that was the origin of banshees. that's 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 where they that's where historians yeah. think that it but it all makes sense it, it all makes it, it sense. makes sense when you yeah so I think it's like I said, it's important to understand that banshees don't cause death, 
they, they serve as a warning, warning. And, yeah. and to let people know. So, like you said earlier, not all banshees are bad. Mm. And there are some people that hold um, strong beliefs that um, certain banshees that are, are connected to their families and that they continue to watch over them um, in their death. So they, they come and see them through to um, the afterlife. And when 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 these ones manifest themselves, they appear as beautiful, enchanting women that sing a sorrowful and haunting song. And it's it's they are filled with. It's all about the concern for the family, and it's with you. They sense a lot of love. They're so it's not frightened. Intent. It's it's with good intent. And this song can be heard apparently a few days before the death of a family member. And in most cases, the song can only be heard by the person for whom it's intended. Yeah. So if, if, it's, if it's you that's going to go, only you will hear um, the Banshee's song. But obviously, there is a darker side. And I think it's the, this is the version that people are most aware of. And that's an, an angry and scary Banshee. And... Yeah, so during their lives, and again, this kind of feeds back into the, the historian's view, is that they're women and they were um, hated by their families and they, you know, they was they were sinners mm. and they did wrong and, and they was destined to become these people. And because that, they are frightening apparitions and they're filled with hatred and they're not very kind and they are frightening and scary, and they howl, and... Because they say, don't they, the wailing banshee or the screaming banshee, that you hear that expression well, it's, a lot. Well, it's a saying, you know, in everyday language, isn't it, really? Yeah. You know, oh, God, she was screaming, scream, like, screaming a like a banshee. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it comes from that, and people say, you know, it, it's if they've heard it, it's very chilling, and you know. You Haunting, know, yeah. Because I think... A lot of the stuff I was reading online, I was trying to debunk it a little bit and see, you know, what could it be? What's a natural cause for this? And they, a lot of people were saying it was, you know, the, maybe it's the scream of a barn owl because they make it. Have you heard a scream of a barn owl? Yeah. It's quite scary. And I could, I could understand what they're saying. But people like they've they've played it to people who have said that they've heard it and have said no, you're you're way off. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, you, you're way off. Yeah. They can't recreate it in any way, but they said you know it's just a, a the feeling Is that it comes with it. That's still heard to, to this day. Are people still claiming? People still hear. They it. can hear. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. I've got some stories. Okay. Um, about people that have heard it. Then, a lot of people don't really put them. I can't find a lot of them online. But I know that like, I've read newspaper reports of woman reports here in Banshee, next door neighbour found dead. Yeah. It doesn't detail what happens, but there there are people that still report it. A lot of the most famous tales of Banshees are from a little while ago. There was a very famous murder case um, in Ireland and it was a French lady that was murdered and she was actually quite high up in French society. And she told someone um that she'd, she'd gone walking and she'd seen this this lady and um which obviously was a was a ghost or you know a banshee possibly and she actually she she was actually murdered that day 
but it's interesting you just reminded me of that because she she saw i can't remember if she if she heard the singing or the wailing but she certainly saw and she, and she was dead by that evening so mm -hmm. so i watched so there's a really really lovely youtube series and it's with all these kind of older irish people so mm -hmm. they i think they must be in like a, a nursing home or something yeah. like that and they speak about their beliefs wow, yeah. uh, and things like that and and there was one episode where they they talk about the banshee and their experiences with banshee and they they started mentioning combs every single one of them said about a comb and I thought I've not I've not read anything mm. about this, and they said if littered throughout Ireland, uh, people walk and they'll see combs on the floor, and they say you you leave it you don't pick it up because that belongs to the banshee and if you take it she'll come and get it, oh, and you don't want her to, you don't want her to come and get it but that's not detailed anywhere but that is obviously like local localized to these people. Mm. Um, there was one man who said, and it, he he was very thick Irish. I had to watch it a few times to so I, I knew a hundred percent what I was hearing was correct. And he said, "Well, do you remember old Doris?" He said, well, "Way back when she found the comb and she took it because she was she lost one and someone knocked at the window and asked for the comb back and she put her arm out and something took her arm clean off." And the, the other old boy was going, are you sure? And he was going, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. What, ripped her arm off? Ripped her arm off. <laughs> I don't know. That's a I, bit of a stretch. It's a bit of a stretch. But, you know, that it's they are, are firm believers that the comb is a, is a big yeah, symbol. Yeah, symbol, yeah. And um, they also mentioned as well that you don't necessarily always get a scream, a song, anything like that. Sometimes she makes herself known by knocking on the door three times quite like bang 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 not yeah. a little rat tat tat and when when the door is open there's nobody there and then that is when they think the banshees come to visit yeah so they believe that's another kind of branch yeah of the banshee story so i did mention that they said that as as kind of irish families blended more that each got their own banshee but there are and it's written somewhere uh, that there are a select number of families or, or with with these uh, with these names that have their own banshee. So it's the O'Neills, the O'Connors, the O'Briens, the O'Grady's, and the Kavanaghs. Mm. But that's the that's the m most popular list. It does vary, but they're the kind of main ones yeah. that they say the banshees go to as for their warnings and stuff. They could have been families that they, were high society, maybe, or prominent families that... I Don't hold me to it, but I'm pretty sure it's the, the O'Neills uh, were in... They owned... The, the family owned a very large castle and were a very yeah. wealthy family. and But the they were quite bloodthirsty amongst each other. Mm. And so they had quite a lot of dealings with the Badgie because they was always trying to be the top yeah. of the pile. So they're all... Top of each other up. Yeah. So I have a story of someone and their encounter with a banshee. So it comes from, she's a woman now and uh, she works in Cork. And she said that her mother, when she was younger, was standing looking out of her window um, in their house at Black Rock, which is near Cork. 
and she suddenly saw a white figure standing on a bridge which was quite visible from the house the figure was waving her arms towards the house and then her mother heard a bitter wailing from the banshee it lasted some seconds and then the figure disappeared the next morning her grandfather was walking his usual um, route in the city of cork and he accidentally fell hit his head against the curbstone and died but you said earlier they say only the person that's going to die can hear her howling or no wailing. so they, that was that was if they were the what they considered the good and the well and oh yes and okay yeah it's i think when it's the uh the wailing banshee as we know it it's whoever's around yeah can hear it because there was another story i read as well and it was a, um, a man in in the middle of the night was was woken up by a, some screeching and he panicked and thought something had happened so he ran downstairs and opened the front door and you know he had a couple of houses near him and all the neighbors are all stood by their front doors going well what's this and they, they couldn't see anything but it just this screaming just kept going and going and going when it stopped eventually they all went in went to bed and in the morning one of the neighbors had died mm. but that neighbor was at the door they'd all, all of them had it's come down to because, see i mean foxes scream terribly and that could be mistaken for that but when you live in a place in the countryside and when you live in a you place like to, Ireland, you know the sounds of foxes yeah. and barn owls. you know those sounds and that's and that's what they was doing so they you know they was playing them these sounds i was going no you don't understand yeah, no, we, we recognize that we recognize that yeah yeah you know even i was deers make a, a funny noise yeah um but we lived opposite the deer park yeah. so i know what a deer sounds like now and if yeah. I, it's a sound you, you you can't mistake it and if i heard it again I would go, oh, that's a deer. You wouldn't get it mixed up with uh, yeah, a banshee. I wouldn't get it mixed up. You wouldn't go, Jesus, there's a banshee out there. Oh, no, because it ain't a scream. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. If you've never heard what a deer sounds, Well, Google if they're it. rutting in the mating season, oh, it's, it's, oh, it's, oh, it's awful. But it's... <laughs> I think as well, as with all things, there's in, there's an intent with everything and you can you get to you can hear intent in in sounds and people's voices mm. so i think it's people do know the difference and understand yeah they do yeah so now i'm gonna leave the banshee so that's interesting yes yeah? so we've learned a bit there about the origin and the backstory of the banshee yeah yeah the banshee. and now i'm gonna it's probably one of the most recognisable characters. And, and symbols of Ireland. And symbols. It's the leprechaun. It's the leprechaun. That's very unpeace. What? You're allowed to mimic an accent? What's wrong with that? It's the Irish leprechaun. I well, have Irish family and they don't mind when I... So we are gonna, we're going we're gonna to move on to the leprechaun and it is a... It's, a, it's it's become now as a staple, a sig. It's their you know the signature image, isn't it? Yeah, it's like their mascot almost, isn't it? Almost. You see the a leprechaun all over the place. I know we? that it's um, much to their dismay. I feel like there are certain Irish people that are not keen to oh. be associated with because it's been a very Americanized. 
with things like Lucky Charms and, you know, the film. I, that, yeah, there's some scary movies with, well, trying to be scary movies with killer leprechauns in. <laughs> yeah. So, but then you get that, you know, you, you, that that's yeah, everywhere. You do. So, leprechauns, they are tiny entities that normally take the form of an old man in a red or green coat. They are known to be mischievous little creatures mm. that like to make shoes and they store their gold coins in a pot of gold that is hidden at the end of a rainbow. That's what they say, don't they? There's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow by a leprechaun. So a leprechaun in, essentially is an elemental. You could... They are, yeah. A, a leprechaun would be classed as an elemental. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Um, oh, thanks. If you, if you catch it, if you catch a <laughs> leprechaun, um, he will give you free wishes if you let him go. So, okay, all right, listen. Most leprechaun legends can be traced back to the 8th century and tales of water spirits. Yeah. So, there's your... Fairies, that elemental there's your, there's your, um And there was a word. Now, I'm going to absolutely hack this to pieces. Are you ready? Yeah. Locker pan. Where is it? Show me. Locker pan. Locker pan. Yeah. 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 And that is um, a word that at the time meant small body. Yeah. And it is said that these spirits, these water spirits, merged with the the water common nymphs. the common household fairy, and developed a taste for heavy drinking. What so? And, and do you know what? So we've got the the keeners that like to drink. Now we've got the leprechauns and uh, water nymphs and fairies in Ireland that like a drink. Yes, correct. Well, they do say the Irish like a drink, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, um, and that's and that is one version of how they came to, how they came around and how they mm. came to be. There are other research researchers that uh, believe that the term leprechaun and their origins is comes from the Irish term and there was a word but I took it out because I was not pronouncing that but it means shoemaker right so the most common of all the myths like we said is that the leprechauns have a pot of gold and it's located at the end of a rainbow yeah I could not find anywhere where this how that came about what the origin of that was or or anything i i think it's just one of those things it's that been lost in time. has been lost in time but the question that a lot of people raised is what does a leprechaun need with gold and money and um no one again no one really had the answer <laughs> because as well there isn't an end to a rainbow so it's i don't know i i was really conflicted with it all trying to research it and i felt bit silly yeah, but you're talking like it's actually real I, I i i i mean listen there could be such a thing called a leprechaun as an elemental i don't believe he carries a pot of gold makes shoes and puts it at the end of the rainbow no he doesn't that is definitely made up <laughs> so you're trying to make sense of it don't think you can babe well there you go <laughs> so in in most of um the folklore tales that feature the leprechaun he is depicted as a bit of a rogue who will deceive yeah he's he, he's, yeah, he's, he's mischievous not a, yeah he's not he, he's not nasty he's i think maybe playful is a is a good word to use for him so 
and there are some cases where people have caught a glimpse of of the leprechaun or they've managed to catch the the leprechaun but they're all of them are easily outsmarted by it so that they've they've caught him and he's going well oh, take me to your gold and he'll go look over there and then he's off these scarpers so there there was one account of somebody who encountered a leprechaun and he caught him in a field and he managed to get the leprechaun to show him where his gold was and so the leprechaun took him to a bush and he said this is where my treasure is and he didn't have a, sh a spade or a shovel or anything so what the man did is he put a, a something there to say this is the bush say a little red flag next to the bush and then he went off to get his shovel but he said he let the leprechaun go and said it's fine you know i know where it is now and then when he came back every bush in the field had red flags next to it so he didn't have any clue which 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 now bush was had this the man partaking in some of the finest single irish malt at the time no i think that is maybe more of a fairy tale as opposed yes. to but you read it out like you think it's true <laughs> I want to believe And the expression on your face when you're talking to me, you're trying to convince me with your facial expressions that that really happened. Yeah, well, it did. We right. love them. So, like we said, they're great mischief makers and they are often known for playing pranks on people and they're known to ride people's sheeps and dogs around at night and cause small accidents around the house. Yeah. And they're often you often know that a leprechaun is near when you hear the tap 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 of his little cobbler hammer. Yeah. Making his shoes. Yeah. Which I think's quite um, sweet. Is the leprechaun related to pixies and elves? I would Under say the they're elemental. I would uh, say they're in the same genre. The same realm. Mm. Right. Okay. So I okay. wonder what our historian would make of this. Leprechaun turn out. So occasionally leprechauns are known to adopt a family mm. and they will faithfully follow the members of the family during their travels. However, if they're not treated well, the leprechaun will abandon the family, but only after they've caused a load of trouble. Yeah, because they are, they are known for, for being nasty, you know. Well, you know, quite hard work, leprechauns, from what, I've, what I know about them, which is limited, but... Well, listen. I've learnt more tonight. You're gonna know. You're gonna know everything about there is to know about <laughs> leprechauns. So, the the image of a leprechaun that we have now is little green li suit, little green suit, little green hat, hat, ginger beard, buckles yeah. on his shoes. That's not how it is. So traditionally, and in history, leprechauns are described as little men who wore little red outfits. They had the tricorned hat, so like a highwayman. Yeah. A leather a leather apron and big heavy black leather shoes with silver buckles. Yeah. So not green. I don't know why green. And um a lot of the time leprechauns are represented with a four leaf clover. So that could have just been added on. I over think the that's years. probably yeah. just but traditionally they are red. Mm-hmm. So there is a woman called Carolyn White and she wrote a book called A History of Irish Fairies. Mm-hmm. And she's done Far more research into leprechauns than I've ever have. <laughs> and she, during that, found zero record anywhere of anyone reporting or even stories of female leprechauns existing. So, well, that's interesting. So all the leprechauns we have must just be all Mail. the ones we have. Because they can't reproduce. Breed. 
Yeah. Interesting. An interest food for thought. Well, maybe they don't exist. Listen. <laughs> I'm here for the leprechauns. Listen, I believe in a lot of stuff because I think there is not much on this planet that I couldn't conceive to be possible. Um, not sure I'd buy into leprechauns though. Right, well listen, in the same book, they also say that leprechauns are actually deformed children of fairies. Oh, for God's sake. Well, hold on a minute. It doesn't even mention anywhere where leprechauns are deformed. No. They're little men with so-and-so. They've obviously got skills. You know, they're not they're not disabled. They're not deformed. Nobody says, oh, yeah, one had one eye and a bloody wonky nose and three arms. No, I don't believe that either. I don't think they could be de deformed children, well, disabled the, children. A quick overview of leprechauns. Little men in red cause loads of mischief because they're there for the crack. Yeah. And that's all you need to know. So <laughs> let's go leprechaun sightings. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Right. So there was a sighting in 1989. So not too long ago. By a pub landlord Ooh. called PJ O'Hare. And this is in Carlingford. So he claims that he heard screams coming from a well. And that when he went to investigate near the well, there was a burnt patch of ground. And next to it, he found small little tiny bones, a tiny little suit and four gold coins. Mm. Now, they're all on display in the pub. Now, I've got a picture of it. I'll put it on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter for all of you to have a look at. It's strange. Not in a good way. <laughs> right. Did he see this leprechaun skeleton? Or... After last, last orders? I mean, when... when? Or is it a ploy just to get people in the well, pub? Exactly, because now... Everyone's going to go to see... In, the in little tiny leprechaun scene. And spend a few quid behind the bar. But now the town has an, a, an annual leprechaun hunt and it's on the second Sunday in May. And the object is, the game, is to find little tiny plastic versions of them dotted around the village. So it's like an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. But you've got to find like little it. leprechauns. Yeah, nice for the kids. Nice for the kids. Uh, you know, bit of community spirit. Lovely. Mm. However, it goes deeper than this. Right. Lots of people love the story. Were like, no way. Didn't happen. But there are quite a few people that are firm believers that it did happen. One of these men is a man called Kevin Woods. And he is known as Ireland's last leprechaun whisperer. Oh. Mm-hmm. Serious man. And he arranged a leprechaun hunt the same year that um, O'Hare had found the collection of leprechaun things. Mm. And then they didn't find anything. So, undeterred. This is years and years and years. He's been, he carries on fighting the good fight. We're going to yeah. prove the existence of leprechauns, etc., etc. In... 2002, mm. continuing his hunt, he came across um, very similar uh, things that O'Hare had found. So he found a, a, a big collection of like gold coins and various artifacts. 
I don't, I'm not going to ruin the story, but I would say, well, has anyone tested these gold coins and the skeleton of the leprechaun and the thing? But we know they haven't, so I'm not even going to say that. So strike that from the record. Because so, that's really going to ruin it for you, and I don't want to because you're quite excited about this. But it gets better. Right, okay. Did Naturally. you know that leprechauns are a protected species under EU law? What? Correct. What? What? <sighs> Right, is that fact? Where fact. did you actually fact. get that information fact. from? Fact. <laughs> so, Kevin Woods, the man I've just mentioned, yeah, he was part of a lobby, lobbying yeah. group um, that they were campaigning to help protect a, a, like a, an area of beauty, a, a local area. And he claimed that there are 236 leprechauns and that they all live in this one place, which is Foy Mountain at Slate Rock. And this is where this protected area is. And um, the EU granted it. And in there, there is a clause about about leprechauns, that they are a protected species. It's The main bit of it was to, to get this piece of land protected as a yeah. an area of significant... Natural beauty or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, but leprechauns played a part in that. And I think that's fantastic. I love it. I love it. I love the fact that you can get stuff like that protected. I think we should campaign for... Yes, you see, because that opens the gateways to for, 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 for many things then, doesn't it? You know. Correct. Well, listen, I like the story. Well done, Fred. I like it. Now, we're going to move on. That was quite light-hearted. Now well, I'm not go- for you. You were taking it I really loved seriously. It. I loved that. <laughs> And I'll tell you, it's magical. But unfortunately, there isn't... Um, I wanted to find loads of leprechaun sightings. Um, there's one. There's a really famous one. You would one think in, there would be more. There's a really famous one in America, but it's completely ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm not even going to yeah. entertain it by saying its name. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But I thought, oh, goodness, like there must be some like real substance behind it. But there wasn't really. And that was quite disappointing. Mm. But I move on now to one of the darkest and scariest figures in Celtic mythology and that is the Sluar and that is spelt S-L-U-A-G-H now I spent a good 15 minutes trying to figure out how to say this so if I have said it wrong I do apologise that that was my best attempt and correct me now these are known to be the souls of the darkest sinners Souls that are so evil that not even hell would burn them. And souls so black from mortal sin that the earth rejected their very presence. Blimey. Now that's scary, isn't it? Yeah. I don't like that. Now the sluar, it's a Celtic word meaning host. And basically what the... They are hosting a soul. This... Mm. this figure this creature whatever it is and what what their main thing that they do is they watch over dwellings where someone who was dying um, resided and they did that in the hope of stealing their soul before it was before they was given their last rites so Mm. people were so scared of the sluar that they didn't fear death 
because they thought I'd rather go, I'd rather yes. be with death than with this. You'd rather go to heaven than go to the slur. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, what you're describing is something we've spoken about and read about and know about, but it's just called a different word. Just a different word. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, their main purpose, the reason they exist is to gain power from human souls. And they do that, especially with souls of the dying. They um, hunt together. Which is, which is a demonic type. I yeah. mean, it's not, yeah. Well, wait, until I go, wait until I give you the description of what they are. It's very demonic. Um, but they hunt in packs and in groups and appear to be very large packs of like ravens or crows, like big blackbirds in the sky. And that's how people, you know, might see them. They are mostly... So they're shapeshifters as well. No, it's just how how they appear. And I'll describe them to you in a oh, second okay. and you'll understand it. Uh, they are most active at night time, obviously, and they mm. usually hide in dark and forgotten places during daylight hours. Yeah. And this is the bit that I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. They are said to steal souls of the dying by flying through west-facing windows. Now, it is still firmly practised in a lot of places that if there is a west-facing window, they don't open it at all. In ah, fear of... The slewer coming. The slewer coming in and swooping and stealing their souls. Now, obviously, I said that they they, they prey on the, the weak and the dying, but that's not always the case. Um, they have been known to take happy, healthy people and but what the what the kind of the, the writings and stuff say that if you are if they do come for you that's you're not not immediate death sentence there are things you can do to to get away to avoid to block them or whatever so that is either by running and hiding getting down and 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 she can seeking shelter straight away to stay indoors after dark do not walk alone in secluded unpopulated areas um just just general advice really what you would what you would tell your yeah. kids to avoid the monster on the street yeah you yeah. know it's that kind of thing so it's not as if they they, they come down swoop and they get their claws into you that's your lot yeah. you can fight your way off or hide from them. and or hide mm. from them so you should be all right but once a soul is taken there, there is no mercy and there is no release to the afterlife or an underworld or anything like that and you are doomed to spend the rest of eternity circling and stealing you turn into a, yeah, a slew you yourself a... and and you are just stealing souls and circling mm. for prey forever and ever and ever not a nice thought is it no, um, what I also read about them as well is that they can sometimes be called on and it's through, and quote, the silent hopelessness of one's heart. Yeah. And So you can unwittingly uh, attract them uh, to Attract you. them to, to yourself. Well, they, listen, they say that about dark energy anyway, don't they? If you're in a depressed state, if you're low, if you're... Uh, grief stricken you bring things in what you put out you get back and so again that's um something that we have 
but it's called a different word, yeah. So, now this, when someone dies of a broken heart, you know, that is obviously grief mm. and stuff, but it, have they attracted something, do you think? No, I think if if somebody you love dies and your heart is broken, I think the grief and depression, we know it's very easy for demonic and negative entities to prey on you at that point because you're you're very weak and to and take advantage of that. So we know that anyway. We you know, we've it just we do It was know just that. a little food for thought. So in addition to also feeding on humans, they take great joy in tormenting people and animals. Uh, they were also said to have poisonous breath, and they used that to kill crops, to kill livestock, yeah. to spread disease and illness mm. through communities as well. Now, we know what they do and what they're about. Now, this is what they look like. They have um, great wings, and they appear appear like humanoid um but they're very old and haggard and their skin sags to the point that it looks like it's nearly falling off their bones. They have very long gangly appendages and they have very sharp long nails mm. and they have their their wings are very leathery and when they're not flying it almost appears like a cape. Yeah. I can visualise that. It's quite scary. But that, that image in my head, it's almost like a gargoyle demony thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's but we have that we have this figure in lots of cultures, don't we? Yeah. So I'm gonna I tried to look for people's first hand accounts of, of this. That sounds a similar to the Mothman as well. Yeah, okay, I could give you that. The description and the intent sound similar to the Mothman, which we will do talk about on another episode. Yeah, we will yeah. do that. So we are going to 1911 and there was a scholar named W.Y. Evans Wentz. And he travelled through Ireland, Scotland and England from 1908 to 1910. And he was collecting first-hand descriptions of people's experiences with fairies. And he was publishing in a book called The Faith the fairy faith in Celtic countries mm. and included in amongst them and in amongst the stories, there was a story of a child who was taken by the slewer and only after the soul of the child had been extra extracted, the lifeless body was dropped from a great height and found outside the back of the house the next morning. Um, Wentz also gathered many reports of, of sightings and they're all very, very similar. Um, it's a vast, swarming, churning cloud of large black birds. And apparently, in towns that these birds or creatures flew over, there was a spike um, in death amongst the populations. Yeah. So, that is the slewer. Now, I think you've got one for me, haven't you? I have. I'm going to read this out because um, I hadn't heard of this before, so... I'm not going to trust my memory to get it all correct. Now, it's something, it's a Celtic creature, uh, it's, a, it's a folklore Celtic creature called the Pooka. And there's a few spellings for that, P-O-O-K-A or P-H-O-U-K-A. 
Now, um, it is considered to be the bringers both of good and bad fortune. Um, they can help or hinder rural and marine communities. Puka have dark or white fur, fur or hair. The creatures were said to be uh, shapeshifters, shape changers, which could take appearance of horses, goats, cats, dogs and hares. They may also take a human form, which includes various animal features such as ears or tail. The puka has counterparts throughout the Celtic cultures of Northwest Europe. Um, for instance, in wealth mythology, it is named the, and I can't pronounce it, it says P-W-C-A. Um, um, P-W-C-A. Well, so that's what, it, that's what it's called in Wales. Um, and the Cornish is called the, 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 the Buka or the Bucca. Um, in entomology and milieu, um, what is that word? M-I-L-I-E-U. It's called the Boogaboo. Oh, I like in that. the Channel Islands, it's called the Puku. So anyway, look, so, so it, the, the, again, this is so a well-known thing. It sounds a little bit leprechaun-esque to me. Well, no. Okay. I don't think we're, we can ever... I mean, the bloody leprechaun hasn't doesn't shapeshift and have white and black fur on it. Got You're beard. obsessed with bloody leprechauns. Right, okay, hold on. Um, so Channel Islands... Um, the Puka was said to be fairies who lived near ancient stones in the Norman French of the islands. Um, anyway, there, there's lots of other th places in the world what it's referred to. So let's just get on to, to, to what it does and what it is. A Puka is a shapeshifter and can take any form it chooses. Unusually, it is seen... Usually, sorry, not unusually, it's seen in the form of a horse, dog, rabbit, goat or goblin or even an old man. Traditionally, a puka is seen as a dark, sleek horse with a long flowing mane and luminescent golden eyes. Now, there's another um, figure, Celtic, that is a horse and that's a, a Kelpie. Kelpie. And that's, yeah, the, that's that. the half, uh, that's the seahorse. So the, the, yeah. the bottom half is it's got the tail yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But sorry, off off topic. Um, an important thing to always remember about the puka is that they have the power of human speech and when inclined, make great sport of those they talk to as they like to embellish the truth. In other words, they're liars. In Ireland, the puka seems to be the most feared fairy or, uh, you know, they say fairy. I mean, it's obviously completely different description than a fairy because um, it appears only at night and enjoys creating havoc and mischief. So, I mean, where can you find a puka? You can, they can be found in any rural location, even in it, it, um, every county in Ireland has its very own puka. They like open mountainous areas so they can run free while in horse form. Many small mountains, lakes and springs in Ireland are called puka pools, which means puka or demon hole. I like that. Some of these are found at the sources of major Irish rivers, such as the Liffey that runs through Dublin City. I hope I said that right, the Liffey, I'm not sure, Liffey. Or the River Ban, which is the longest river in the north of Ireland that runs through the town Coleraine. So, you know, again, it's another... 
It so basically what the puka does is cause mischief. Like a it leprechaun. doesn't say, yeah, like a leprechaun. It's just another entity that exists um, in Celtic folklore, now, which I'd never heard of. I think the reason I, I quite like the Celtic folklore is that, yes, there are some very dark and very scary figures, but there, there's also some, you know, there's a lot of mischief and like not causing any harm and. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's. It's a two-sided coin. Yeah. And it, I think they highlight all that's good and bad in people. And I mean, I know I've got family in Taller in Dublin, and I remember many times staying with them and going up to the hills and the mountains. And I always remember as a little girl, I said to my uncle Steve, um, "If we pick up a, because uh, they have some beautiful little stones and rocks, I was picking up." And I said, and, and I always gave money back. Um, and my Uncle Steve did the same. And it's kind of, you know that there's so many elementals or these types of thing in Ireland that it, just to be on the safe side, if you're going to take something on that land, give something a gift back, you know, just for, you know, just in case. But yeah, I mean. And I think the interesting thing as well is across Scotland, Ireland, Wales, Everyone believes, to some extent, mm. and are um, aware of these yeah. beings. It's in and, their folklore for yeah, generations. And, it's, it's deep it's, rooted in yeah, their culture. It's, isn't it? it's ingrained into them, and they do. They still practice that storytelling, which I think we we as kind of Westernized civilizations and that have lost. We don't sit around and tell. And it's a shame that is. That's a like shame that. that is. Yeah. You know, it's it's gone from the boogeyman to now. It's you know, it could be the neighbour. Don't run off with a stranger. You know, it's it's. I certainly think. Yeah, you're right. A lot of places in the world still do hold these folklores as uh, a household and as, as as family and as uh, nations. And they respect um, the traditions. Yeah, traditions. And they still stick by them. And like you say, they don't open the window face into the West. because. And, and I love that. I love that. I think it's good. It's important to hold on to that. And I think, you know, especially we're from, you know, we're from London. There, there are some superstitions, but I couldn't tell you the origin of that. I couldn't tell you, like, we knock on wood. You know, when we, when we say something, oh, you know, touch wood. Um yeah, there's lots of you know, all there's, these there's, things there's, come there's, there's, from something. We have don't they? we have little tiny things, but we we don't have you know we don't have um, conversations with our children or anything about kind of fairies be and being of the banshee. Yeah, and be, be, yeah. And don't be, go be beware out, of but... this and and don't take this and and don't take that. And I, I know as well that um, there's another story that I heard watching that YouTube channel with the um, Irish people and telling the stories, and they was talking about you don't uh, take berries after there's been a frost. Hmm. And um, I can't, for the life of me, I can't remember the reason. Next episode, I'll find out and I'll, I'll um, remember, try and remember to let you know. But there's like these big, big burly men. They're like, no, 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 you don't do that. You don't yeah, do that. Don't you don't pick the berries. It, yeah. You don't do it. And it, it is just so ingrained. And I think that's really, really magical. So do I. I like it. So do I. Definitely. I'm a big fan of it. Hopefully. We have we haven't slaughtered the pronunciations and. I mean, to be honest, if we went into this, but you know, we could do Scotland and Wales, but we have an hour each podcast, 
and really we can't cover everything so i think we've probably focused on islands tonight mainly but um it would be impossible to cover it like you said it, it, during it the entire season be. because but there's I, so I many think... and and all, and all over the world as well like you said the norse cultures and yeah but there's in you know although we did kind of there was a, a bit of a focus on on ireland a lot of these figures that we've spoke about they had there are variations of they are called different things but they on principle you can still relate to, yeah. yeah and you know they might appear differently or behave differently but the nature of them is is very is very similar and um i think the only thing pacific to isle or pacific, oh, i can't say that word is um the leprechaun I think that is predominantly Irish, but I think the rest we've spoken about, we no, but can... Then, but then you could you could find the object, it, it's, a, it's a small, mischievous little kind of... I know the Germans have um, a little mischievous, like, house elf kind of thing. Yeah, okay, so you could and, just call it a different name. Yeah, 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 you know, it's... Yeah. It's all around, it's all around, and uh, I hope to one day have my own leprechaun. Will you keep it indoors, or...? I'll probably put it in a jar or something. We can't do that. There's bloody protection against leprechauns. <laughs> They're an EU protection. I'll bring up species. the EU. I'll, I'll have you arrested for that. That's cruelty anyway. You can't put anything in jars, not animals or little humans, Freddie. I don't know what I'd do with him. Well, you better think about it. Because listen, it's not as if I could employ him to start making me some shoes because they're only little. Well, you only can't keep them in a jar. You suffocate them anyway. Then what good would it do? I'll put cling from over the top and poke some holes in it. Well, cruelty. No cruelty to leprechauns. No cruelty to the leprechauns, please. Everyone at or home. Or humans, or adults, or or children, or any type of animal. Because they are an EU protected species. Yes. So anyway, guys, sorry, we don't we don't we digress, but we we hope you enjoyed this episode, and yeah, like I mentioned before, please, guys, do not if I've pronounced anything tonight wrong please do not take any and if offense. you're offended by my irish accent um uh i don't know what i'm gonna say <laughs> well then you're offended then but um it obviously wasn't meant in any way disrespectfully and i've got a lot of family in ireland and it was just um you know people mimic the the, the london and the essex essex listen, accent all the time listen, so ev ev it's not everything, offensive. everything we do is in jest it's not pc it's, i mean it's not anti-pc you know it's not offensive <laughs> in my mind <laughs> anyway guys we hope you have a really good week and that you behave yourselves and we'll see you soon we'll talk we'll be back next week with something um i think we are going to do the big cemetery we're talking about we have our historian on next week and i think we should announce that we are doing next week this is going to be an amazing show freddie take it away so oh, oh, is that it yes we are doing Highgate Cemetery. We are going to, which is one of the most famous cemeteries in the UK, and it's also very famous for the Highgate Vampire. So. And I actually know someone who claims he's seen him, someone I knew a long time ago, but a very, very intelligent um, and well educated man. So we're going to go into high, and I'm really looking forward to that show. And it's got an amazing, amazing history. Really, really interesting. And it has some amazing, amazing ghost stories. So come back next week. It's going to be a really, really, really good episode. But we hope you have a wonderful week. Behave yourselves. Get lots of sleep and drink lots of water. Yeah. All right. Ciao for now. Bye.